listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. We're starting this new series this week, Overcoming the Five Biggest Obstacles to Financial Freedom. One of the things that I'm realizing, the more people you talk to, the more conversations you have, and I'm talking about with Christians, and I've been having these conversations for a long time. I've been in the ministry over 20 years. And um, you start to realize that it's not a multiplicity of different things. It's really just a few things that everybody struggles with, everybody. And first of all, let me say right off the bat, it's not God's desire that you struggle financially. It's not God's desire that you barely get by. First of all, it's important for us to understand we serve a God who is by nature, character, and name a provider. He's a supernatural provider. We have to know that about him from the beginning. And I know you know that, but his covenant name, one of the covenant names, Abraham said, Jehovah Jireh. I will call this place Jehovah Jireh for the Lord has provided. We know that that's, that's one of his covenant names. It's part of his nature. It's part of his character. But though we have access to a provider, it seems as though there are still a ton of believers that are not uh, blessed financially. They're not seeing the overflow that God has for their life. And trust me when I tell you, God's desire for his people is overflow. There's no question about that in the word. God's desire for his people is overflow. Reason I say that is because when you study the scripture, Old Testament and new, one of the things that you'll see is that the Lord, specifically speaking when he was giving commands of obedience, lists poverty, financial lack as a curse. It's a bad thing, not a good thing. It's something that comes as a result of disobedience, not obedience. And, um, you know, I know that there's a lot of people that like to say, well, you know, if that's the case, then what about the apostle Paul? The apostle Paul said that there were many times that, you know, he was in a position where he, you know, went hungry. Yes, I get that. Paul was not living as a pauper. Paul actually went on missionary journeys in the first century AD where there's not a Taco Bell on every corner. There's not a CVS. There's no debit cards. You packed up for a journey. You went on a ship and you went out from whatever, continent to continent, uh, nation to nation, planting churches, visiting churches, storms hit. I get that. There were times that he didn't eat, but he wasn't a pauper. He wasn't a pauper. In fact, when you study uh, his story, the, the, uh, Paul himself says, I was supplied over and over many times, once and again. I had everything I need. Even now, I have everything I need. Uh, he'd go, even as a prisoner, I'm just saying, saying this to set it up, even as a prisoner being taken to Rome after a shipwreck, and they land on the island of Malta, in just a short couple of days, the Bible says they were showered with gifts from the people in Malta. He ate at the Uh, you know, the governor's table, uh, best food, stayed in the best house. I mean, you look look at all the things God did for him, and then they left on their journey 
fully and well supplied. Paul was not a pauper. Are there times that he didn't eat before bed? Yes, there are. Are there times he went without? Yes, there are. But not because he was disobedient and not because he was poor, but because of what he was doing, where he was going in the surroundings. So it's not God's desire for his people to be broke. It's not God's desire for his people to go without. God is a provider and God blesses our obedience. But when you talk to people, you find out many people are dealing with the same thing over and over and over. And then you have people that they don't even understand these things. So they'll say stuff like this. Well, you know, Pastor Ted, I've been trying, you know, you know, we give and, you know, it seems like we still can't make ends meet. We give and it seems like we still don't have uh, the blessing that we've heard you talk about, preach about. And one of the things I want to stress is that, yes, you've got to give, but there are other things in the word of God that have to be present in your life to walk in continual blessing. There are other elements. That's why we're dealing with this for a full week, because I want people to understand what it takes to be blessed all the time, not to go from season of blessing to season of blessing, but to live in an overflowing blessing all the time, which is God's desire for you. And so I'm going to take five days this week, today through Friday, to touch on this. And by the way, as you're jumping on, share the broadcast today. Um, But I'm going to take these five days, today through Friday, to deal with what it takes to be financially free as a Christian, what it takes to walk in the blessing of God all the time so that you're not struggling, going from little season of blessing to waiting on a financial miracle to happen. Consistent blessing, consistent blessing. And so today uh, I want to start it, but I want to start it with something that I've had so many conversations about, so many conversations about, and uh, it just needs to be addressed up front because there are people that think somehow God is going to um, do some kind of a supernatural thing that, that really relieves them of any responsibility that they have in the natural realm. God's going to do some kind of supernatural thing that relieves me of, of all my responsibilities. It, it, that doesn't happen. It doesn't work like that. So I want to show you um, in this first part of this five-part series, I'm going to deal with one area that really has three parts to it. One area, this is the first obstacle that has three parts to it. And that's what I want to hit today. And then each day I'm going to hit something different that I've seen so often. People struggle with it. And and check this out. As a believer, when you're talking about the difference between what an unbeliever has and what a believer has, believe me when I tell you they are two very different things. What if an unbeliever, because people say that, well, there's sinners that are blessed. Yes, there are sinners who have money, but there are not sinners that are blessed. You're not blessed if you're dead in trespasses and sins. Get this. Are there sinners that have tons of money? Yes. Are they blessed? No, no, because God is the one who uh, provides the blessing. He's the one who is Uh, decreeing blessing over someone. Is a sinner blessed? No. Just because you have money does not mean you're blessed. Robin Williams proved that. Chef Anthony Bourdain proved that. Many others have proven that. They've got plenty of money. Are they happy? No. Are they peaceful? No. Joyful? No. Are they suicidal? Yes. Money does not mean you're blessed. 
It's, it's something. Now, money will be there if you're blessed by God. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord makes rich. You can't get away from the money side. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and has no sorrow, but adds no sorrow. There it is. Adds no sorrow. As AJ says in the comments, you're not blessed if you have to trade your marriages, your children, your peace for money. And that's exactly right. You have to trade relationships, your children, they don't speak to you anymore, the peace of your life, all of that for money. That's not a blessing. It's not a blessing. And so there are sinners that have money. Of course there are. But that doesn't mean they're blessed. And that's important to understand. There's something different about when God does it for his children. Because the blessing of the Lord makes rich, yes, and adds no sorrow. So you don't have to lose your marriage. You don't have to lose your children. You don't have to lose your peace. You don't have to kill yourself. You just have to obey God's word and do what the Bible says. And then you're operating on a true blessing. Hallelujah. Look at that uh, testimony. Mary Sue said, the Lord sent us a $50,000 house remodel to do. We start next week. Praise God. That's wonderful. So there are things that we're required to do if we're going to see the blessing of God activated in our lives. Today, as part one, I want to deal with something that I would call, we could, we could categorize it under number one, natural mistakes. I want you to put it in the comments, natural mistakes. These are, are things that we do with our own responsibility, our own wisdom that God's given us, that many people don't do them. And as a result, it looks as though God's not blessing me. When in reality, he is blessing you. But as the Bible says, people put their, their blessing, their money in a bag with holes in it. And so number one, natural mistakes. I'm going to deal with three areas today of these natural carnal mistakes that keep people from walking in financial freedom. Three things that I've seen over and over and over and over that keep people from walking in that kind of financial freedom. Just because something's a natural mistake does not mean that it's not something God expects. You don't have to make supernatural mistakes just by making natural mistakes. We had a guy come in one time to my uncle's church and said, you know, I've been, I've been giving, trying this giving thing just doesn't seem to work. I don't see any harvest come back. Well, you then have to ask yourself a question. Is it true that he really doesn't see any harvest come back or is God a liar? No, God's not a liar. So my uncle said to him, no, it works. You have harvest coming to you. It's just that they're so small because your seeds are so small that you don't even notice them when they come. You are being blessed back, but when your seeds are small, your harvests are small. So if you don't, that's when I, if you've heard me say this, this is where this was birthed out of. If you don't feel it when it leaves your life, you won't feel it when it comes back to your life. Oh, it works. It's just that your harvests are so small that, or that your seeds are so small that your harvests are not noticeable. And so it's not that the system doesn't work. It's not that there, and it's not that everybody has to be making supernatural mistakes. Sometimes people are just making natural mistakes that the Bible tells us not to make. And I'm going to deal with that today. Three areas in this natural mistake. Three different areas. So I want you to first turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. And we'll deal with the first part of this. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 25. And I'm actually going to kind of deal with these three backwards. 
Matthew chapter 25, you understand this. This is the parable. You've heard it. I've taught it. The parable of the talents. The parable of the talents. So a master gives talents to his servants for them to steward, right? And I always thought this was interesting because just in case anybody thought uh, that he randomly chose how much he gave each one. And so, well, that's unfair. He gave one five. He gave another two. He gave another one talent. That's unfair. Why wouldn't he give them all five? Why wouldn't he give them all two? Look at it. The Bible says in Matthew 25, 14, it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents. To another, two. To another, one. Now look at this. To each, according to his ability. That's the part people miss. To each, according to his ability. Which means he looked at their previous faithfulness. He looked at their previous production rate. He looked at their previous responsibility and said, okay, this servant, I can trust him with five. This servant, I can really only release two talents to him. And this one over here, I can really only give him one. But it wasn't random. It wasn't because he was, you know, showing favoritism to this one. And, you know, he didn't like these other two guys as much. No, it was based upon their ability, the Bible says. So right there, we can understand where the Bible says, if you're faithful over little, I will make you ruler over much. You get into this. He said, you've been faithful over little. Now I'll make you ruler over much. Well, there it is. Faithful over little takes you to the next level. Faithful over little takes you to the next level. Let me, let me put this in the comments. This would be a great thing for you to write in your notes. God can't promote you from a place where you've not been faithful. God cannot promote you from a place where you've not been faithful. I'm going to say that one more time. This is a vital, vital piece of information here. God cannot promote you from a place where you've not been faithful. Please put it in the comments. Please put it in your notes. Underline that one verse of scripture there, verse 15 in your Bible, Matthew 25, 15, to each according to his ability. See? And then in verse 21, master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much. So there, there it is. God cannot promote you from a place where you've not been faithful. See, if you're faithful over little, then he'll set you over much. Amen. Very, very important. Very, very important. And see, this this first area, if you want to put it in your notes this way, I told you I'm going to deal with three areas today. The first area is stewardship. Faithful stewardship. So if you want to put 1A in the comments, 1A, faithful stewardship. That's what we're dealing with in this passage of the parable of the talents. Faithful stewardship. Very, very vital. 1A, faithful stewardship. Why is that? Because God can't promote you from a place you've not been faithful. 
He just can't. Because, see, it's based upon your obedience. It's based upon your uh, relationship to your purpose. It's based upon your uh, responsibility to the word. Amen. And so faithful stewardship is 1A. And that's what we're dealing with. Because he says to them, okay, I see where you've produced in the past. And in fact, if you read the story, what you'll find out is that they produced again in a way that they've produced in the past, right? Because the one who was given five, what happened? Let's read it. The Bible says, um, then he went away, verse 16, and he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more. So notice, not only did he make the five talents, he didn't even delay in getting to work. He went at once and traded with them. You see that? He went at once and traded. No delay, get to work. No delay, get to work. No delay. Let me tell you, I've dealt with people over the years that they've got a great idea or they feel to do something, all these different things. And then you check back with them a year later, they still haven't got started on it. They still haven't got started on it. And to, to some degree, we're all guilty of that, you know, delay. But let me tell you, you've got to be the person like the, the servant with five talents. At once, if God gave me something to produce with, at once, I'm going after it. At once, I'm going after it. And I'm going to begin to work it. I'm going to begin to work it. Why? Because God can't promote me from a place where I've not been faithful. So when he gives me gifts, talents, abilities, I'm going to go and immediately get to work with them. Faithful stewardship. Amen. And it includes as well, it includes your finances, faithful stewardship of your finances, not being flippant with your money, not being flippant with what you have, but being faithful to steward these things. When he gave this man five talents, the Bible says the man went at once, traded with them, and made five talents more. The Bible said, so also the one who had two talents made two talents more. Amen. But here's the interesting thing. The Bible doesn't say necessarily that the man with two talents went at once. It just tells us that before the master came back, he had made two talents more. Notice that it only says that about the man with five talents. He went at once and began to trade. And the Bible says about the man with two, I'm not making a big thing about that. I'm just showing you there's different levels. The man who only had one didn't even go and trade with his talent. The Bible says he dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. After what? A long time. After what? A long time. See, that's interesting. After a long period of time. So there was plenty of time for this servant. It's not like, well, it was a quick trip. I didn't have time to invest this and I'm not that good at investing. No, after a long time. And the Bible says he came back. He left that talent in the ground for a long time. And I agree uh, with Lenan. Procrastination is a thief. It's a thief. And the devil wants you putting your purpose off, putting this every faithful action to God's word, putting it off to the future. Well, I'll do that later. I'll do that one. No, start today. Like the man with five talents, begin now. Go at once. There are people watching me right now. You might be live. You might be watching on the replay. You may be listening on the podcast. The Lord has spoken to you to do some things and it's time to step out and do them. 
Go at once. Faith moves forward quickly. Go at once. Amen. Go at once. And so notice this is faithful stewardship is a must. It's a must. Now, we're talking about financial freedom. So it's not just about your gifts, talents, and abilities. It's about your finances. It's actually mind-blowing how many people do not faithfully steward their finances. They don't faithfully steward their finances. They don't even know where their money's going. That's, that's what happens when you don't faithfully steward. You don't have any idea where your money's going. You don't know. It's just gone. I had a guy, maybe you've heard me tell this. I had a guy come to me one time and he was all like distraught. I was, I was an associate pastor at the time. He was all distraught. He was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, what's, what's the problem? He said, I just don't know where my, I don't have enough money to make ends meet every month. And I'm thinking to myself, the dude works like nonstop. I said, all right, well, let's, let's talk about this. We're, we're, what's been happening? You having any, you having financial crises? No, no financial crisis. Just don't have enough money at the end of the month to make ends meet. And it didn't make sense to me when he said that. So I said, all right, let's, would you like me to help you look over your, yeah, help me look over my finances. He was one of my, uh, uh, leaders in, on my team. I said, all right, bring your financials in. Let's look over those on lunch, lunch break. So he came and met me and, uh, we sat down with all of his bills, all the money he makes, pay stubs, all that. And I'm sitting there. I went through all of his bills. I, first of all, I took the amount of money he makes every month. We wrote it down. I subtracted his tithe. I subtracted all of his bills, every last thing. I added money for gas. I added money for groceries. And at the end of the month, I think, I think he had something like $1,500 left over. $1,500 a month cash that not only uh, did he not know where it was going, it was going <laughs> because he was telling me I'm getting to the end of the month and I got, I don't have enough money to, 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 uh, pay my bills. So that means he was taking all the excess that he had plus more because he didn't have enough money to pay his bills, all the excess plus more and spending it or doing something with it and didn't know where it was going. Did not know where it was going. And so I'm sitting there looking at him kind of cock, you know, cross-eyed, <laughs> My head's cocked to the side, like, dude, what is going on? And, and, and he's like, I said, what? It was almost like he, he was shocked. Like, I said, where's this money going? $1,500. I said, that's all your bills paid, tithes paid, gas paid, groceries paid. I said, where's all this money going? And he's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. where. It's going out the door is where, is where it's going. Why? There's a lack of faithful stewardship. So in this man's, in this man's uh, example that I, that I dealt with in Virginia, is he not blessed? No, he's blessed. He's blessed. He can pay all of his bills. Think about this. He can pay all of his bills and have $18,000 a year left over to do whatever he wants with. All of his bills plus his tithes, plus his groceries, plus his gas, and have $18,000 a year extra to do whatever he wants with. He's not struggling. He's not struggling. He's got extra. He's, ac- he's got excess, right? He's got excess. So the question is, uh, do you look at somebody like that? Because so every time somebody tells me, you know, I'm, I'm, there's, I'm just, I'm struggling. I got I don't always look at that and say, you know, 
You know, there's the devil's attacking the de- <laughs> like Christians do. The devil's attacking their finances, brother. We need to get it. We need a, a, a poverty breaking anointing. Get the devil's attack. No, many times the devil's not attacking your finances, not attacking your finances many times. And I do mean many. It is a lack of faithful stewardship. It's a lack of faithful stewardship. This is something that's a non-negotiable. You cannot, you cannot move forward in the blessing of God if you are someone who does not faithfully steward what God puts in your hand. If you don't take care of it. I mean, we operate that way, don't we, with our children? You know, hey, if you don't take care of it, you better take care of that. You, you just, you keep treating it like that. I'm not buying you another one. I mean, put a hand up in the comments if you've ever said something like, to, like that to your child or a grandchild. Hey, you better take care of that. You see them messing around, you know, treating things very, <laughs> got whatever it is, their iPad, whatever, you know, not, not taking care of it. You better take care of it. I'm not buying you another You break that one. I'm not buying you another one. There's, I've heard that. I know a ton of people have said that. That's a mindset, right? Why? I'm not going to keep on putting things in your hand that you don't have any respect for. Don't you throw that iPad around. Don't you throw that stuff around. You, so you keep treating your stuff like that. I'm not getting you another one. Why? Because even as parents, we understand. If you refuse to be a good steward of the things that I've blessed you with, I'm not giving you another one. I'm not giving you another one. If you can't take care of that one, then you're not, you're not getting another one, right? You're not getting another one. Well, that, what is that? Poor stewardship. That's how people are with their money. Poor stewardship. And then, you know, God bless me. God, God has blessed you. God has blessed you. But see, if, if people would just lock that stewardship in, kingdom stewardship, if people would lock it in, you know, it's so funny to me because you talk like this and everybody talks about, you know, no, you know, you, you should get to the place where you're so blessed. You shouldn't have to. Okay. People aren't there. People aren't there. 90% of Americans have credit card debt. People aren't there. So yes, I agree. You should get to the place where you're so blessed. You shouldn't even have to think about it, but I get all that, but people aren't there. So you got to go from where you are to where God wants you to be. And it doesn't happen by accident. It happens by obeying biblical scriptural principles that God set in place so that we can walk in blessing. Amen. That we can walk in blessing. So number one, this faithful steward, well, look what the Bible says. I'll take you over to uh, Proverbs chapter 21. Listen to this. Proverbs 21 and verse 20. You need to highlight this one in your Bible. I've quoted this so many times. Proverbs 21, 20. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. You see that? The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. There it is. There it is. So right there is a massive area, (laughs) a massive area where people, they, I don't know why I'm not blessed. I know why. Because the Bible said fools spend everything they get. Comes into your hand, got to spend it. We were laughing. We saw a funny uh, a meme recently that popped up. 
It said, you had two stimulus checks to fix that AC, but you chose crab legs. Who's boiling now? <laughs> that made me laugh. Two stimulus checks to fix the AC. <laughs> For a lot of people, you know when the tax refund comes back because they hit Sunglass Hut hard. They hit Foot Locker hard. They hit the store hard, coming to all new outfits, all new sunglasses, all new shoes. Fools spend everything they get. Fools spend everything they get. That's a Bible verse. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Amen. Amen, Brianna. <clears throat> and I'm telling you, this is what God's looking for. People that are wise, that are not flippant with their life, flippant with their fun. I wish I had more to give. It's, <clears throat> it's always funny. People talking about, I wish I had more to give. I wish I had more to give. But the thing is, you probably do. It's just that we've been so flippant with our money, we don't even know where it goes. <clears throat> uh, I like, I know there's a lot of people that for some reason criticize Dave Ramsey. I can't understand why they do. <clears throat> I really don't. There's pastors that criticize him. Got no idea why they do. No idea why they do. He's a Christian man operating on Christian principles. <clears throat> and uh, I, I don't understand why people give him a hard time. But he said something once that uh, is very vital. <clears throat> it's kind of his, one of his catchphrases. If you don't tell your money where to go, you will wonder where it went. If you don't tell your money where to go, you will wonder where it went. No question. If you don't tell your money where to go, you'll wonder where it went. That's stewardship. That's stewardship. And that's key. We have to steward what God's placed in our hands properly. Properly. And so, number one, stewardship. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend all they get. They spend, that's a scriptural principle. They spend everything they get. So here, here's, the, here's the tip. Don't spend everything you get. Don't spend everything you get. There should be a reserve. There should be extra. There should be a reserve. There should be extra. Let me talk about this for a minute because it is truly a problem in America and in the body of Christ. It's not just in America. It's in the body of Christ. There is truly a problem. Now, we daily are being marketed to. Daily, hard on Instagram, every social media platform, television, streaming. I mean, it doesn't matter. We're being marketed to hard. And one of the things that they want you to believe is that what you have isn't good enough. Forget the fact that you, I'm talking to speak specifically to you, you that are looking at me on your $1,000 phone, on your $3,000 laptop. We are in the top 1% of wealthiest people in the world, in the world. So <clears throat> forget that part, but we sit back and get marketed to nonstop and we consistently believe what we have is not good enough. What we have is not enough. What we have is not enough. So what we do is we go buy more. 
We believe the lie that what we have is not enough. So what do we do? We go buy more. We go buy more because that's, that's the lie. And I'm telling you, Christians believe the same lie. We don't have enough. We don't, what we have is not enough. Let's go buy more. We got to, who are we trying to impress? Who are we trying to impress? That, I want you to put that in the comments. Who am I trying to impress? Please do. Please do. Who am I trying to impress? Because that's the trap. That's really the trap. We're being marketed to nonstop, and we're believing the lie that what we have is not enough. What we have is not, so what do I got to do? I got to go buy more. And you've heard it for years. It's the keep up with the Joneses syndrome. There's no one you have to keep up with. There's nobody you have to keep up with. You do not have to keep up with anyone. Listen to 1 Timothy chapter 6. The Bible says, you know, 1 Timothy 6, 6 would help so many people if they would just live it. Take it, believe it, and live it. Who am I trying? But godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. I'm content. Now, this is the hardest thing to get people to understand. My, my grandfather had a saying that I'll never forget. He said, I'm satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. I'm satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. Let me say that again. I am satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. Am I content? Of course I'm content. Of course I'm content. But on the flip side of that, I know that God has more for me than where I am right now. Because he's a God of increase. Because he's a God of blessing. Because he's a God of provision. I know that he has more for me than where I am right now. So understand something. My desire to grow, even financially, is not because I'm dissatisfied with what I have. It's not because I'm dissatisfied or I have a love of money. My desire to increase and and have all of what God has for me is because I have a large purpose in mind. Somebody's saying the sound is out. We lost sound? It's, It's on here. Can anybody, Facebook, are you out too? We, we can hear it here. Facebook, oh, Facebook hears. YouTube can't hear for some reason. Oh, Ben's on. All right, there you go. Okay, everybody says it sounds fine. Um, okay, I don't know what that was about. Um, it's not because I have a love of money. It's not because I have a love of things. My desire to increase comes from my understanding that there's work to be done. The more resources I have, the more I can accomplish. Please put that in the comments. The more resources I have, the more I can accomplish. Please, please, please get this. Please get this. The more resources I have, the more I can accomplish. 
That is so vital to understand. There's work to be done. There's work to be done. There are things to, to do. God doesn't mind if you have things. He doesn't mind at all. I mean, he blessed Abraham with gold and silver and cattle. He blessed Isaac until he was so financially blessed, the king came and asked him to move away. God doesn't, God's not shook up because you're financially blessed. He wants you to be financially blessed. But we are content with what we have, but knowing God's got more for us because there's more to be done. How wonderful would it be to get to the place as a believer and you hear somebody say, hey, we've got a soul winning crusade coming up. It's going to cost us $300,000 and say, listen, I'm going to pay it myself. I'm writing the check. I'm writing the check. You don't even need to take an offering. I will write the one check for $300,000. How wonderful would that be? Well, you say, well, I've got all I need. Can you do that? No. Well, then there's more for God to use you to do. God will give you business ideas. He'll help you start businesses. He'll bring the income in different ways. You'll be blessed. It, harvest will come back. What happens? Then you get so blessed that your overflow is being a blessing to those around you. Amen. And so godliness with contentment is great gain. There's a difference between having a love of money, a love of things, a love of wealth, and a love for the kingdom and a love for the harvest and wanting to be able to do what God's called us to do without any financial hindrance. Any financial hindrance. How, how wonderful would it be that your pastor says, hey, we're going to build a new building. And you say, pastor, I'm paying for the whole build out and paying for the whole building. Wonderful. But you can't do it when you're broke. You can't do anything in the kingdom when you're broke. Well, brother, God needs broke people too. No, he doesn't. He needs people that are operating by that supernatural principle that brings increase so he can use us to bring in the harvest of souls. It's a matter of purpose. Does God want you to be blessed? You better believe he does. Does God want you to overflow? You better believe he does. Is the kingdom based on never-ending increase? You better believe it is. And it's not because that's where these people that don't understand it get it wrong. Oh, they got a love of money. They're greedy. They love things. They love this world. No, it's not that at all. There's work to be done. There are people that have not heard the message of Christ. There are people that need to be saved. And, it, you know, the gospel's free, but it costs money to bring it to people. The gospel is free, but it costs money to bring it to people. Water is free but it costs money to build the plumbing to bring it to people. Same thing. Water is free, but it costs money to build the plumbing to bring it to people. It's the same thing with the gospel. The gospel's free, but it costs money to bring it to people. The more resources you have, the more you can accomplish. The more resources you have, the more you can accomplish. And so, yes, absolutely I want to see God's increase hit my life. More and more and more and more. There's no end to what God can do for you. No end to what God can do for you. Amen. And so fools spend whatever they have. So here's the mindset. Why? If we don't know where our money's going, why don't we know where it's going? If we don't know where our money is going, why don't we know where it's going? That's what we got to think about. If God's looking at my faithfulness, if God is watching my stewardship, then I should, I should run a tight ship, right? I should run a tight ship. Amen. This is one of the areas. I'm telling you, if I could tell you how many times I've dealt with this on people, with people, it's been endless. 
People say, oh, I don't, I don't know where. I, yes, I know what the problem is. Please come talk to me. I can tell you what the problem is. People going beyond their means. For what reason? To, pr- to impress who? To impress who? There's nobody to impress. But there are people to reach. Please put that in your notes. Put that in the comments. There's nobody to impress, but there are plenty of people to reach. There's nobody to impress. There are plenty of people to reach. That's good, man. You got to catch that. There's nobody to impress. There are plenty of people to reach. You can't do it if you're broke. You can't do it if you've got nothing. And so what does it take? Supernatural stewardship. Supernatural stewardship. I got to know. I got to know where my money's going. I got to put it to work. Put your money to work. There's nobody to impress. There are plenty of people to reach. Amen. Amen. And then let me deal with 1B. I'll deal with 1B and 1C quickly. Because these all three go together. 1B. Lack of wisdom. So lack of stewardship. Lack of wisdom. Well, listen. A lack of wisdom doesn't mean you're dumb. Doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means you lack the information to do what's right. That can be quickly fixed, especially today, especially in 2023 or whatever you're, you're listening or watching this so quickly can be handled. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with, with my money. I don't know. I don't know what to do financially. That can be quick, quickly fixed. There are so many people that are teaching. I mentioned one of them, Dave Ramsey. You know, I wish... I wish Christians would simply just read, there's a book that he put out called The Total Money Makeover. I wish Christians would simply just read that. If Christians would just simply read that book, it would change their life. Because they've got a lack of wisdom. They don't know what to do. It's not that they don't want to do something. They do. They want to be free. But they don't know what to do. They don't know how to make it possible. The reason I like it is because when you have a very simple step-by-step process, a step-by-step process. You can make it happen and you can make it happen if you're hardcore about it, if you stay diligent with it, you can actually make it happen relatively quickly. And you'd be amazed. You'd be totally amazed when you see what God does through your wisdom that he gives you. Now, here's the other thing. You can gain natural wisdom, but you know what the Bible says in James chapter one and verse five? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and will not rebuke them for asking. So right there, right there off the bat, God said, I want you to be wise so much that if you'll just pray and ask me, I'll give you wisdom. That's what God is saying through James chapter one. I want you to be wise so badly that if you'll simply pray and ask me to give you wisdom, I'll give you a liberal amount of wisdom and I won't rebuke you for asking for it. Let me say that one more time. God wants you to be wise so badly that he said in his word, if you'll simply ask me for wisdom, I'll give it to you liberally and I won't rebuke you for asking for it. James 1, 5. Amen. Amen. And so the key becomes, number one, ask God for supernatural wisdom and then do everything you can get 
do to acquire natural wisdom? Read, study, searches online, searches on YouTube, read people that have done it, people that are experts with it. And so what do they do? What, what, are they, what are they, how in the world are they where they're at? Natural wisdom. You know, that's, that's why I love that because, you know, there's always going to be somebody that comes out with some, this, this is the real trendy new way. If you want to be a millionaire in three years, these are the steps you got to take. There's always going to be some new uh, trendy thing that everybody's doing and you got to get on cryptocurrency and you got to get on this. And there's always going to be some, get an NFT. If you don't buy these NFTs, you're going to be missing out. This is the bottom. You're going to get in at the floor, at the ground level with NFTs. There's always going to be somebody with some new way. That's why I like that book that Dave Ramsey put out. Total money makeover, because there are things you can do practically that will put you in a place of financial freedom that you don't have to be some genius. You don't have to learn some new technology. You don't have to do, you don't have to do something. You can literally just take steps that are very simple steps, but if you'll do them, you know, what's, what's interesting is financial freedom is about 10% knowledge and about 90% discipline. Get that. Financial freedom, financial overflow. It's about 10% knowledge and about 90% discipline. Because everyone, everyone basically knows what to do, but almost no one does it, right? Because it's not easy to the carnal flesh to do those things. Because you want to keep up. You want to do what everybody else is doing. It's about 10% knowledge. It's the same with like losing weight. It's the same thing with building muscle. E- everything. 10% knowledge, 90% discipline. Because everybody knows how to lose weight. Everybody knows how to build muscle. Everybody knows how to have more money. It's just that no one does it. And when you do it, you stand out from the crowd because you're, do- you're willing to do the thing nobody else is willing to do. You're willing to do the thing Nobody else is willing to do. And that's how it works for everybody. Most people know what to do. Almost no one does it. And that's why almost no one is wealthy. And almost no one is in a position where they're financially free. Almost everyone is in credit card debt. Almost everyone is in student loan debt. Almost everyone has some kind of thing hanging over their head that they can't get out from under. Because it's about 10% knowledge and 90% discipline. And that's where it's at. That's exactly where it's at. And you gotta do, the, you gotta do what the Bible says. So what does the Bible say? Listen to uh, Proverbs chapter eight and verse 12. Proverbs eight twelve. I, wisdom, live together with good judgment I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. King James says, and I love this. I'll read it to you from the King James. It says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Find out knowledge of witty inventions. So there are things you can do through wisdom. God will give you ideas. God will show you things to do. That will, I mean, like you just step out and do them. Stay faithful to doing them. Stay, keep your responsibility in place of what God showed you to do and do it consistently. Watch God bless you. Can I tell you this? Consistency 
is everything. It's everything. It's everything. You know, if we know that the Bible says fools spend all that they have, okay, well then if I'm going to be wise, I'm going to consistently not spend all that I have. I'm going to consistently save some, keep it aside and put it in, put it in a place, an account, whatever it might be, emergency account, fund, whatever you want to call it, overflow account. You know, there's people that have, uh, like faith people that have an issue with the word emergency. I'll never have emergencies in Jesus name. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, they don't want to, I'll never have a rainy day. I declare it right now. I won't have rainy day. Okay. Whatever. Call it, call it an overflow account. If that makes you feel better. If that, makes you, if that makes your theology feel more warm and cozy. <laughs> I got an overflow account, brother. It's not an emergency account. It's not a rainy day account. It's an overflow account. Okay, call it an overflow account. Put it in the overflow account. You know, and there's, it's, it's really interesting to me. It's interesting to me because it's actually very easy once you've stopped caring what people think about you. It's actually very easy to move forward. Once you stop caring what people think about you. <laughs> you know, it's like people, there's people that come to me, they'll be like, it's not because I can't, but there's people coming to me, how come you guys don't have two cars? It's like, because we don't. We have one car. Uh, how, come you got, how come you guys don't have two cars? Like there's people that will ask you that, that kind of stuff. How come you and your wife don't have two cars? Because we don't. We have one vehicle. Works. Works for us. If she's out, I'm home. If I'm out, she's home. Sometimes we're out together. It just makes me, makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. Overflow account. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, if you live like that, then nothing becomes an emergency. Nothing becomes an emergency. We had, you know, it's getting ready to come to summer here and, and, and we're in South Florida. One of, one of the air conditioning uh, units started giving us issues. One of the air conditioning units, uh, outside and inside unit, we have two on the house. One started giving us an issue, wasn't blowing out cold air. You better believe you got to get that qu- fixed quick in South Florida, especially when you're at the end of May. But you know what? For most people, they'd be like, oh my goodness. We're going to have to put it, we're going to have to get a whole new uh, account. We're going to have to get a whole new uh, air conditioning unit and then, and then, you know, pull out the credit card, what credit, but you know what, for us, because you, you have that overflow account, you don't spend everything you have. You know what? Pay cash for it. Why? Because I don't spend everything that I have. I have an overflow account. I have an overflow account. I have an overflow account. <laughs> my, my wife will laugh because I'll come in she'll say, Hey, we, we got to do this. This, this extra thing came up you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, something outside the budget, something we didn't foresee, this like, quote unquote, emergency. I know that freaks faith people out. We don't have mercies, brother. <laughs> All right, I'll throw, I'll throw uh, the money at her. She laughs at me. She's like, That's a, you're like a drug dealer. No, just wise. <laughs> Amen. Wise, why? Because you're not doing what the Bible says not to do and spending everything you have. You have an overflow account. Doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't have to get all ticked off. You know, you hit a nail going through a construction thing. You know how much these tires are? I can't believe it. Now I'm going to get a new tire. You know how much these tires are for these SUVs? 
Then you have a bad day with your wife and kids for the rest of the day because you're thinking about how much money tires are going to cost and you're all bent out of shape. I wasn't going to give that money towards tires this month. We were going to do other. doesn't matter. Smile and keep moving forward because you've got an overflow account. Because <laughs> you, you didn't go out and buy eight pairs of Prada glasses. <laughs> Carolyn said, it was an emergency. I was hot. <laughs> you know why? Because you didn't buy seven pairs of Prada glasses and three pairs of Burberry pants. So you know what? You can buy an air conditioning unit. Wonderful thing. And it's not that you can't have all those things. It's just that I'm saying people get so foolish with what they do with their money, and then they wonder why they're always struggling. I don't, I don't understand. I understand what I'm, why I'm always struggling. Got to use wisdom. Got to steward what God's put in your hand. Let me give you one more thing before we pray. This, these are all, I'm in the natural mistakes. Natural mistakes that people make. Number three, laziness. 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 Put it in. One C. Laziness. One A. Stewardship. One B. Wisdom. One C. Laziness. People are lazy. People are lazy, man. I just, you know, I see it all the time. I spoke to somebody one time. And they were upset, you know, because I wouldn't give them money. I said, first of all, I don't just hand out cash. I bless the poor all the time. And we do it a lot. And we do it every month. And we send a lot out. But because the Bible tells us to do that. But I don't just hand cash out to people randomly. So this person, you know, if you're a Christian and you just don't hand cash out, people get ticked off at you. Well, you don't practice what you preach. You're a hypocrite, okay? Show me something, okay? This person wanted help with spe specific bills they had. I need this much money. Okay, show me the paperwork. Show me the bills. Because they'll tell you one thing. I'm going to get thrown out of my house. I'm gonna, they're going to call this. If I, don't get, if I don't pay the whole thing off, I need this much money. Okay, show me the, show me the paperwork. Let's talk. Show me the paperwork. All right, here's the paperwork. Okay, the paperwork comes through. <laughs> There's just a small amount of money needed. I said, I'll give you double that. Ticked off. Well, that's not actually the amount. Okay, well, that's what the paperwork says. Then I asked the question. Here's the follow-up question. You ready for this? What do you do for a job? Well, I don't work. Why don't you work? You're an able, you're standing in front of me, calling me on your $500, $800 phone, Standing in front of me, able-bodied person, why don't you work? Well, because I, I have issues with my feet, okay? There are plenty of places that hire people that have disabilities or have to sit down while they work. Plenty of places. They can't discriminate against you. So again, why aren't you working? Why aren't you working? Why don't you have a job? Why are you begging, why are you begging for money from other people when you have an able body that can work? Laziness absolutely lazy and God hates laziness. He hates it. He, let me show you how much he hates it. Back to Matthew 25, where we started today. I'm going to finish with this. I want you to hear it. This is a powerful revelation for somebody. Matthew 25, when he dealt with the one servant that buried their talents in the ground, the one talent in the ground, listen to this. Matthew 25, 26, but his master answered him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I've not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. You've ought to invested my money. So at least I'd get interest from the bank. Notice that God equated laziness with wickedness. 
you wicked and lazy servant. Why was he wicked? The only thing he didn't do was produce. Woo! Was he in sin? Was he killing people? No. The only thing in this story he wasn't doing was producing. God expects us to produce. God expects us to produce. The only thing he didn't do was produce. And, and the master said, you wicked and lazy servant. God hates laziness. He hates it. Go with me quickly to Proverbs 6. Proverbs chapter 6. Verses 6 through 11. Go to the ant, you sluggard, you lazy person. Consider her ways and be wise without having any chief, officer, or ruler. She prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard, you lazy person? When will you arise from your sleep? Watch, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. So I want you to put this in your notes, put it in the comments today. Laziness brings poverty. Laziness brings poverty. Can I tell you why? That you're standing in front of me asking me to give you money, asking me to give you cash? Because you're lazy. You don't have a job. You don't work a job and you have an able body. That's why you have, you're begging for other people to help you. Because you don't work because you're lazy. And God hates that. God hates it. Did you know that the Bible says a person that does not, a man, a man that does not provide for his family is worse than an infidel, the Bible says. Worse than an infidel. Worse than a pagan. A Christian man that does not provide for his family is worse than a pagan. According to, in God's eyes, according to scripture, God hates laziness, hates it. It produces poverty. It produces poverty. Let me read you one more verse. Proverbs 10, 4. A slack hand causes poverty. That's a lazy hand. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. The hand of the diligent makes rich rich. A slack hand produces what? Poverty. That's right, Mary Sue. If you don't, the Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. They didn't allow people to just be vagabonds in the early church. Tell them, get to work. Even with, with widows. Did you know that even, even with taking care of widows in the early church, there were stipulations. You couldn't just have some, be, you couldn't just be a woman that your husband died and, and have them take care of you. They said, if you're young, get married again. Work, work hard. There, there has to be, uh, Yvonne says, what if he provides and never spends time with the family? There has to be a balance because you have to be with your family. You have to love your family, spend time with your family. So there's a balance. Got to provide for your family. Got to spend time with your family. So catch this. Stewardship, wisdom, laziness. People are bad stewards of their money. People don't use wisdom with their money. And people are lazy, and so they can't make money. 
This is an issue because when you're saying, God, I want you to bless me. How can God bless a person like that? How can God bless? Because watch, even if, and this happens many times, people will still give. There's harvests coming back, but then the, the harvest that comes is not properly stewarded, so it's gone. The, as the Bible says, it's like it goes into a bag with holes. It goes into a bag with holes. You put it in, seeps right out the bottom. Why? Because people are spending all that they have, not using wisdom with their finances. They don't even know, many times people don't even know where their money's going, as I said. So what, how, people say, well, I'm, I don't know why God's not blessing me. He is blessing you. God is blessing you. There are harvests coming. But either we're spending more than we should be spending, spending all that we have, trying to impress others. See, these things, let me tell you, these things are a problem in America in 2023. A huge problem. Do you think anybody cares? Like, if I walk into the room and I have a shirt on that's a black t-shirt, do you think anybody cares if I got that black t-shirt from Walmart or if that's a Dolce & Gabbana black t-shirt? You see my new Dolce t-shirt? It's like, do you think anyone cares? One will cost you $9.98, $9.88 on rollback. The other one will cost you, you know, whatever, $800. But do you think anybody cares? Now look, if you've got the money and you want Dolce & Gabbana clothing, I have nice clothing. I have nice clothing. I live in a nice house. I drive a nice car. I, it's not wrong to have nice things, but I, the question I'm asking you is, do you think anyone else cares? People think other people care about their stuff way more than they actually do. People aren't thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. Wait a minute. Did you see me in a Walmart smiley face t-shirt, Jess? Because I did have one on two days ago. And I got that Walmart smiley face t-shirt at Walmart. And it's a cool shirt. Don't mock me. Now I'm caring what you think about me in my Walmart. No, I'm kidding. I mean, people don't care. People just don't care. <laughs> you got some fresh white shoes. Do you think anybody cares if you got those fresh white shoes from Aldo? Or if you've, you come in, yeah, yeah, these are actually, you know, no one cares. At the end of the day, they're shoes. Who cares? And if you like them, then get them. But I'm, what I'm talking about, it's not that you can't have nice things or you shouldn't have nice things. You should. You should have overflow. You should be blessed. But uh, what, the question I'm trying to pose to you in this scenario, do you think anyone else cares? Nobody cares. People don't even know how much stuff costs. I'll be honest with you. I, I, was, I was laughing with my, uh, some of the guys here on the team because, you know, some of the, we all love watches. We're watch guys. But the nicest watches on the planet, nobody even knows what they are. People basically only know like Rolex. There are so many watch brands that cost far more than Rolex. And if you had one and walked into a room, nobody would even know. They wouldn't even know what that is on your arm. Even if they said, oh, that's a nice watch. What is it? Oh, this is a Longa Zona. Oh, really? Maybe one day you'll get a Rolex. Like I've, had, I've heard people say stuff like that. <laughs> what is that? That's an FP Journe. Oh, an FP Journe. That's cool. You know, you ever, maybe one day you, you ever think about getting a Rolex? Yeah, this costs like five times as much as a Rolex. They don't know. People don't know and they don't care. So it's like, who are we trying to impress? Who are we trying to impress? Because <laughs> people don't know. And at the end of the day, it's stuff. I heard, I heard this, is, this is great. If you can get this in your spirit and live by it. When everything means nothing to you, then God can give you anything. 
Let me say it again. When everything means nothing to you, God can give you anything. When everything means nothing to you, God can give you anything. Please get that in your heart. Please get that in your spirit. When everything means nothing, that means nothing can come into your hands that God could say, give it, and be like, that's too much. I can't release that. I can't, no, no. God knows you're not a dam. It doesn't stop with you. You're not a, a pond. You're a river. Blessing flows to me. Blessing flows through me. Blessing flows to me. Blessing flows through me. Hallelujah. Blessing flows to me. Blessing flows through me. When everything means nothing, God can give you anything. Because God knows there's never going to be something. You're not going to be like the rich young ruler where the Lord gives him an instruction and he, he leaves sorrowful because he had many possessions and he can't seem to let go of his possessions because his possessions have a hold of him. You'll never become that person in Jesus name that if the Lord speaks to you to do something, say, I can't do that. It's too much. No, it'll never be too much in Jesus name. That's how I'm living. We just gave the largest seed we've ever given in the history of our ministry by a lot. And I'm going to tell you something. It, it'll be the smallest thing we, that we ever do from here on out. In Jesus name. Glory to God. It just keeps going up from there. It keeps going up from there. God keeps on blessing. God keeps on blessing. God keeps on blessing. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I mean, it'll never be too much to the place where it doesn't matter what the Lord speaks to you to do. See, but we're going to keep these things right here. I'm keeping all these things in check so that when God's doing supernatural things in my life, I don't miss it. Amen. When God is doing things in my life, harvests are coming back. God is blessing. I don't miss it because I'm doing the natural things that he's called me to do properly. And if I do the natural things properly, then the supernatural things are not only visible, they remain Put this in the comments. I want my miracles to remain. I want my miracles to remain. When God does supernatural things, I want those things to remain in my life, in my business, in my ministry, in my family. I want those things to remain. Amen. See, because when God speaks to you to do something, what he's trying to do is set your eyes on what he's going to do in your future. He wants you to see what he's going to do in your future. When a word comes to you, I mean, God's already speaking to people today. When a word comes to you to sow a seed, it's because God is trying to get you to see what he's going to do for you, your life, your family, your business, your ministry. He's trying to paint that picture in your spirit that I'm going to do things for you that are unnatural. I'm going to do things for you that are unnatural. Look, look at this. Look at this. When, when Elijah came to the widow in Zarephath, 1 Kings 17, notice this. Um, the, Lord's, the Lord told Elijah to go to her and told her he was coming. And when he got there, she said, I'm going to gather some sticks. I'm going to make myself a little bit of a cake and some, with some meal and, some, and flowers. Then I'm, then I'm going to eat it and we're going to die. He said, yeah, as you're making that, bring me a little bit of that uh, morsel bread in your hand. She said, as the Lord, our God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering some sticks. I'm going to prepare it for myself and my son that we can eat it and die. He said, do, do not, do not fear. Watch this. Go and do as you've said, but make me a little cake 
first and afterward make something for yourself and your son for, now watch, for, thus says the Lord God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Notice what happened. The Holy Spirit by the prophet Elijah is painting a picture on this woman's heart. No, put some in my hand first. Put God first. Sow that seed first. Why? Because when you do, your jar of oil will not be spent. The flour will not be spent until the day the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Until the drought is over. Till the famine's over. And you'll have plenty. Notice, the Lord is speaking to her about what he wants to do in her future. The Lord is speaking to her about how he's going to provide. Painting a picture in her mind. Painting a picture in her mind. You'll not run out in Jesus' name. I want you to put it in the comments. I will not run out in Jesus' name. I will not run out in Jesus' name. I will not run out in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ro, to be honest with you, I don't know that I'd be able to come up with any verse of Scripture in the Bible uh, that does not say that. I don't know that I could. I've tried to in the past, but I just don't know um, that I could. Because the storehouse is not, it's truly the kingdom of God. It's not just a church. So I don't know that I could make that argument from scripture. But I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. By the way, that scripture was written hundreds of years before a church existed. So I don't know that I could make that argument. But when God's painting a picture on your mind, He's trying to show you by the spirit of what's getting ready to happen for you. And I want you to understand, and people are writing in the comments, I will not run out in Jesus' name. I will not run out. No, you're going to be blessed. God's going to bless you so abundantly that it'll make people stop and take a look. People will have to acknowledge what God's doing in your life because God is going to bless you to the degree you don't run out. It's just more, 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 more as you stay faithful. More, more, more. And one of the things that we have in our, in our stewardship is this. I will always put God first in my finances. That's part of your stewardship. It's part of my stewardship. I always put God first in my finances. I am a seed sower. I am a seed sower first. And the Lord knows it because the Bible says he gives seed to the sower. I'm a sower and I sow seed and I will always put God first. Amen. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that today to sow seed. I'm challenging you. What is the Lord speaking to you to do? He said, you'll not run out. You'll not run out. God is your provider. He brings you into a place of more than enough, more than enough. And so I'm challenging you today, do what the Holy Ghost is telling you to do. Do something that takes faith to do. Father, I pray right now that you would speak to every man, every woman, what seed that they're going to sow. Let this be a week of financial breakthroughs for your people. I pray clients swarm into their business. I pray that the work of their hands increases exponentially. I pray, Lord, that they'll get raises and bonuses, commissions and sales. I pray it in Jesus' name, that they will be so abundantly blessed that it would become a spectacle. People would notice and be amazed at what you're doing in their life. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you and we give you praise for it. We will obey your instruction and we are blessed. In Jesus' mighty name. Now that's the stuff 
leaders should be made of.